Welcome, everybody, to Everyday Evangelism, a podcast of Grace Covenant Church. My name is Andrew Woods. I'm the associate pastor at Grace Covenant Church, and it is my joy today to bring to you guys uh, a solid dude who I very much look up to and appreciate, and his name is Ralph Hole. Ralph Hole is the pastor at Sojourn Church in Gunnison, Colorado, and Ralph, thanks for being with us today, man. Man, I'm glad to be here. Well, brother, when I think of who should I talk to, who is the resident expert on evangelism, uh, your name comes pretty high up on that list. So before we jump into some good everyday evangelism questions, uh, let me just give you a second to kind of introduce yourself to the people that might be listening to the podcast. Well, first of all, I'm no expert. Uh, I'm always in training, and there was a time in my Christian walk where uh, speaking to someone about my faith was was way outside of the bounds. But uh, the Lord has worked in my life and has given me mentors that have instructed and of course with his word is I've received much instruction. Uh, so we're, we're all building to where we are today. I, I hope we can all look back and see the Lord's work in our lives. Uh, there again, the question was um, introduction. Uh, my name is Ralph Hull. Um, and uh, here at Sojourn Church in Gunnison, Colorado. Uh, I'm the pastor here, and uh, we are an extension of Grace Covenant as as uh, we are supported church plant of Grace Covenant. And so uh, that's, that's who I am. That's where we are. And i um, glad to be back with my brothers, um, even though this is over the computer and I can't see you guys. I'm sure glad to be with you, uh, speaking with you this morning. Thanks, man. Well, yeah, it is our great joy that we got to uh, be able to send you out and uh, just see you do the Lord's work in, in Colorado. And you are you are definitely missed here at Grace Covenant Church, you and Maureen. We just love you guys so much. So now that we've got those niceties out there, let me let me just dive into the meat of what we want to talk about. And so, Ralph, can you just give us a quick definition of uh, what is evangelism? Well, when we look at evangelism, um, we could say that it it is the primary task of the church, really. It's um, one of our number one things that we should be about as the people of God. Evangelism, we could say, is um, is comprehensive. It's, it's to warn sinners of the danger ahead. Um, it's also to follow Jesus. I mean, he, 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 he told us to follow him. And when he came and, and lived a life here on earth, he came to seek and save the lost. And as he is now reigning in heaven, he has called us to himself and has sent us for that same task to make his deeds known among the people, to, to tell of his wondrous works. So evangelism would be part of that, uh, proclaiming the message. Uh, the, the, what is the message? The message from God that leads men to salvation. So telling the gospel uh, with the aim of, of persuading, too, of persuading, um, convincing um, that, that this is the truth. So it would be telling the, the gospel, uh, God's message to man of, 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 not, of judgment and, and also of mercy for sinners. So that would include law and gospel. Um, 
I would say evangelism is is theology in action. Um, it's it's putting Ooh. putting to to use what you. Well, that's a quote from J.I. Packard, but because I can't claim that, but it's. Um, oh man, I was going to let you have it. I was just going to be like, <laughs> man, that was deep. But okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to claim that, but I think nothing new is under the sun. Um, so it's it's yes, it's it's what we know to be true coming out of us. It's it should be the natural uh, flow uh, out of us that that from the inflow that has come into us, the inflow of the Holy Spirit. Oh, that is awesome, brother. And now if you, so say I, I'm a brand new Christian who's just getting into uh, evangelism. What Would you say that there were like a, a few points that had to happen in evangelism? Uh, if you were, if you were trying to explain it to me as, as you had said earlier, you'd been mentored by, by other people who kind of walked you through evangelism. Um, what would be kind of the quick rundown if I was a brand new Christian, I came to you, Ralph, I want to go out and do evangelism with you this afternoon. Uh, what were, would be the three things or, or whatever, however many uh, that you would need to tell me as a brand new Christian? So the question is three things that they need to include in their, in, in their presentation. Is that the question? Sure. Or just like, what practically, what, what do we do in evangelism? Like, what are the things that we need to say? Okay. Um, normally, I could have a, a, a broad outline of, of God, number one, man, number two, Christ, three, uh, four, response, um, five, cost. Uh, that's one way of looking at it as far as in an outline form of, of how I wanted to go about that. Um, uh, but when we look at a new con a new convert um a new convert first of all should, should know what the gospel is so that's very important um in, in order to be saved they must know what the gospel is uh they must know what how the law relates to that too so um a, a lot of times i like to use uh, the way of the master um if you wanted to, to look that up from living waters and and they they use a um a way of sharing the gospel that's very simple and easy. It's it's using the way that Jesus did. So it's starting in the natural and then transitioning into the spiritual. So it's asking natural questions to someone. How's your day? Good to see you. It's a nice place to live. Things like that. And then transitioning um, to something like, you know, are you a spiritual person or, or do you think there's an afterlife? Um, and then transitioning into, you know, would you consider yourself to be a good person? And then from there, asking questions to them of the law, you know, have, um, well, can I ask you a few questions to see if that's true? Because most people say they are a good person. And right. then they say, well, you know, have you, how many lies have you told? And, well, too many to count. Well, have you ever taken, taken something that didn't belong to you? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever used the Lord's name in vain and used it as a curse word? That's called blasphemy. And going through the Ten Commandments, going through a few of them. You don't have to go through all of them, but, you know, by your own admission, you just told me that you're a lying, thieving, adulterous, blasphemer at heart. Do you, do you still think you're a good person? And therefore, realize, and then explain that God is holy and God is, must, can, he cannot tolerate sin. And so in order for us to be in his presence, something has to be done about that. And you're going to stand before that judge and you know, if you were to stand before that judge based on what you told me, are you, are you innocent? Would you be innocent or guilty? And 
and therefore getting to the conscience and letting the conscience work on the person. And they're, they're either going to lie and say that they'll be innocent or, or they'll be humbled and admit that they're guilty. And, and then uh, do you, you can ask them, do you, do you think you would, would you, would you deserve heaven or hell? And, and if they're honest with themselves, they'll, they'll, they'll say that they probably deserve hell. And, and from there, once that conviction is set in, using the law lawfully, then we can share the gospel. Then we can bring, then we can say transition and say, do you know what God did so that you don't have to pay for your own sins? And, and then we're able to share the, the, the good news. Uh, but first, they need to know their condition um, and who, how they stand before a holy God. Yeah, so we, we have to be able to help them understand that there is bad news before you can give good news. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's I think it's very, very important. In fact, many of the older theologians really stress that uh, uh, plowing the ground with the law. You know, sometimes we think, well, we'll spread the seed. And if it's good ground, it'll hold. But if it's not, oh, well, well, that's not really what we should be doing. Uh, George Whitfield said that we should be plowing the ground with the law and that that the reason we have so many mushroom converts, meaning they came up real fast, is because we didn't use the law, the conviction of the law. So we have these stony ground hearers. But so it's very important that we use both of the means. In fact, Charles Spurgeon said that we would, uh, by not using the law, we leave out the schoolmaster that would bring them to Christ. Uh, so we actually deprive the gospel by not using the law lawfully. All right. Well, I think we're getting a good understanding of what evangelism is specifically in what we just talked about. Um, again, we could, you and I could probably talk mm, for a couple of hours on this subject without any pause, but trying to keep it brief, we quickly went over that someone needs the bad news that they're a sinner, right? We can go to Romans 3, 23 and see that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of this, uh, when they die and they, they stand in judgment, they're, um, we're, we're hoping that presenting the law to them will convict them of their sin and see their need for a savior. And then the good news, which is what the gospel means, uh, is that Christ has come to die for your sins and that we need to believe in him and repent of our sin uh, for us to be saved. Um, yes. So that's a good explanation of what evangelism, in a nutshell, there's, there's plenty more, and you gave us that good uh, five-point outline that I'm going to have my intern uh, par excellence uh, will we'll link that in our show notes so that people can see that. Um, but, but Ralph, can I add uh, something else? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know this too, that when you're speaking with people, that the law has been written on their hearts mm -hmm. and that every man knows that there is a God. Romans one tells us that. So know that you are, you are just helping them discover what they already know. They already know there's a God. They already know there's a, they're accountable to him. They already know, based on what you've told them about lying and stealing and things like that, that they, that they, are, not, that they are not holy. And so we're just asking questions with much compassion and hope and prayerfully in hope that the Holy Spirit will work in their lives. And so we're just using the methods that God has given us so that he can work in the person. Amen, brother. That That is a wonderful explanation of it. Uh, it reminds me of Psalm 22, uh, verse 27 uh, through 28, where it says, All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, 
and all the families of the nations shall worship before you, for kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Uh, this fact that Amen. This I know, something I know, that they have suppressed. I know a wonderful preacher that just preached on that. That's easy now. Easy now. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and so it, it, we are just, we're trying to get them to remember the truth that they have suppressed um, through, through sinfulness. And so, Ralph, I mean, th this is kind of a, you know, a softball question, but, but why should Christians evangelize? And is that for everybody or is that just for the pastors? Definitely for all Christians, uh, without a doubt. Um, I could give you many, many reasons. Um, I could give you some motivations um, why we should. Um, but if you, you ask me the question, the reasons, why should we? Number one on the list, I would say, would, would be that we've been commanded to. It's not a suggestion. Um, in the Great Commission uh, tells us to go and to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, actually that was from, from Mark, but um, he says, go and make disciples and, uh, and teaching them and baptizing them and teaching them all that I have commanded you. So command. Um, so that would be number one. Um, number two, um, because hell, hell exists. Mm. And if we believe that hell exists and that people who have, not to turn to Christ and if not, and they, the only way they can turn to Christ is if they've heard the gospel. So that should motivate us in a huge way. Um, striving to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. If we love our neighbor, we don't want them to go to hell. If we don't, we don't want our relatives to end up in eternal perdition. Um, so um, the character of a Christian is obedience. So if we're obedient if we love God, he says, you will obey me. So if we obey him, then we're going to share. Um, and it really should just flow out of us. Think about the woman at the well when she encountered the Messiah and, and she ran back to the town, leaving her water pots there because let me tell you of a man. And she was so excited and how um, other men throughout the scriptures, uh, uh, Andrew went and told his brother and he, you know, he was so excited that it just came out of him, even as a as a new convert, um, I would say to remain silent about your faith is 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 actually sin. Um, by by not pro proclaiming what you know to be truth to those that are dying is is the worst thing. It's like is it? It's as if a firefighter um, ignores his responsibility to pull people out of the fire. He's not a firefighter. He's a he's a he's an imposter, and so. If we are Christians, then we are to share the message of Christ. It's just, it's just what we do. Um, also, uh, evangelism deepens our walk with God as we uh, rely on Him, as we are in prayer over over this uh, this command that we've been told to do. But as we go and share with people that maybe we don't know, or, or maybe maybe people we do know, uh, we are reliant on God for all these things. And so um, those would be a few things of why we should. Um, if you'd like, I could give you some uh, fourfold no, motivations. I, I think I think those three are are wonderful motivation. And sometimes it's it's hard for us as Christians because of uh, the comfort level that comes with going and speaking to someone you may not know, or even uh, just 
just how uncomfortable it can be talking to people that you do know about Jesus. And, and that kind of leads me into my next question. But just to recap, it, it, as Christians, why we should evangelize? Well, number one, if you are a Christian, a follower of Christ, uh, you've been commanded. God has commanded you in his word to go and to make disciples, to go and, and uh, help them to understand all the things that he has commanded uh, us to do. Number two, it should be the overflow of our heart. Are you mm -hmm. kidding? Like if, if we've been saved from hell, why on earth would we keep that from people? Why would we not go and share that? Um, and then thinking about the great commandment that we would love God and love our neighbors as ourselves, right? And so we're thinking, well, what is true love? It is to uh, warn people of the uh, upcoming judgment and their sin and, and tell them of the good news of Jesus Christ. And so those are really good things uh, to remember as we do it. And, and that just leads into my next question. Why do you think it's so hard? Why do you think it's so hard for Christians to evangelize? Um, I, I've spoken to you before, Ralph. You're, you, you make no secret of it that you don't say it's super easy for me to do it. Uh, yet you're one of the people that I look up to and know is out there doing it uh, pretty often. So why do you think it's so hard? Right. Um, well, to, to tag off what you just finished up, um, as far as the reason why we do, I mean, the love of Christ compels us. And so as you ask me about why it's hard, um, I ask another question. Have you ever noticed um, people talk about most what they love? If you think about what they talk about. So when we ask ourselves, you know, what do we most talk about? I mean, if, if, if our love for Christ is so strong, we're going to talk about that. Um, going back to, you asked me about um, why it's so hard. So why it's so hard, I guess the, the, the main and number one on the list would be fear. Um, fear of man. Man, man is, is, is so worried about what other people think and but it's so irrational that we do that, that that fear stops us from doing what we should be doing um we look at the fear of god really should should strive us to want to share but instead we're fear of man and man cannot cannot kill the soul but but god can and so we we we, we put that above um above what, what our, our priorities are messed up, I guess would be the main thing, is that fear stops us. Um, but when we look at fear, we should think about, are, are we more afraid of being looking foolish or, or um, being made fun of than for someone to be going 100 miles an hour to their eternal death? It, it's, I used the illustration before of a, of a large thousand foot cliff drop and you've driven your car to it and you've seen the bridge is out. Are you, and you're walking back, are you going to flag people down and act like a fool to try to convince them that if they keep going, they're going to die off that cliff? Or are you going to walk by and let them continue driving knowing their eternal death and not do anything about it? I mean, which is more compassionate to, so, so we, we do everything we can to try to get their attention to share with them. And, and, uh, yeah, well, I think you've touched on a huge topic um, that actually me and Joshua uh, spoke about in our in our first episode, and I think 
um, maybe in episode two, uh, Joel talked about it a little bit as well, is just this idea of the fear of man versus the fear of God. Um, you know, we, we go into Galatians chapter one, and we even see Paul talking about, you know, his, his, if he feared man, he would not be a servant of Christ or a servant of God. And that's, and that's a thing that I think a lot of us aren't realizing uh, that we're doing, is that we're promoting the fear of man over a reverential, awe-inspiring fear of God. Right? So that fear of God doesn't just mean uh, we, we're going to be scared that he's going to smite us from the sky, but that, but that knowing who he is, there is an awe and a worship and a reverence that comes with it. Um, and so that should be more empowering to us than the fear of what my neighbor is going to think of me after I'm done sharing the gospel with them. Right, right. right. And fear, fear is the absence of faith, too. So if our faith is strong that God has commanded us and he's told us to go, then that's going to outweigh the fear of, of our natural man's fear. And you, you know that God, Jesus told us that the harvest is plentiful. I believe it was in Matthew nine. And he said, but the workers are few. So the harvest is there. He's going to call who he's going to call and he uses us to do it. So we can have confidence that those that are his will respond. And those that are, that are, are not, or, or those that are not, going to respond at that moment have been have been told and have been warned uh, to repent that uh, repent and, and flee from the wrath to come so that that is our that is our uh, motivation is is faith in God and uh, if we have faith in God then our fears become less they're never not there they're always there but uh, but we know that the results are glorious that if that person that sinner turns to Christ what a joy that, and what a thanks that they would have for the person that told them that we can look back to our own Christian life and have such a uh, high esteem for that person that, that uh, left, let his fear go down and talk to us about Christ who, who were outside of Christ. Amen. You know, this is almost like another plug, uh, although you and I are pastors, so we like to make this plug a lot, but it kind of shows the importance of community right? Like if you're just around, if you're just a Christian and you're not plugged into a local community, a local body of Christ, and, and you are trying to do evangelism, uh, you might not get the encouragement or even, um, you know, as Colossians 3 would say, the bearing of one another's burdens of, of being able to be around each other and say, hey man, I got to share the gospel this week and somebody kind of blew me off and it was my neighbor and now I feel awkward around them. And that you would have another Christian brother who would be right there and be like, oh, man, I'm praying for you. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, I, I'm here for you, man. Even if your neighbor doesn't want to talk to you anymore because you had this awkward encounter, of course, I'm here for you, man. Like, we can go out and talk and, and, and make sure that we have those relationships. But that fear of just not having people like you or think much of you um, really can be dispelled in God's intention for our community within the local body of Christ. Um, so that's just a, a quick plug. Um, yeah. and along that too, I think about Jesus saying, um, woe to you when all men speak well of you. Sure. You think about Christ and how they hated, the world hated him. And if, if you are in Christ, the world will hate you too. And so uh, that's not, that should not be our, that should, that should be expected when we really, when we get those uh, hateful response, that should be expected uh, and, and, and not let that just, just, not let that uh, uh, discon, or what's the word I'm looking for? Not let that uh, 
discourage you, but know that that many times will be the response, but, you know, just be intentional and, and, and really go out and, and be faithful uh, to what you know and what you've been told and, and uh, be generous to others who don't have the truth that you do have. So, so Ralph, when we're, when we're thinking of that and we, we're seeing kind of where some of the struggles are, and you, you've touched on this question already a couple of times, actually, um, but I thought this was a pretty good question. And that's, is there a certain point uh, when a Christian is ready to do evangelism? Uh, can, can like a, a believer in Christ who um, just was, you know, God has saved them by his grace alone. Uh, they, they come to an understanding of their sin. They put their faith in Christ. They repent of their sin. Um, can that person then go and, and start evangelizing or is there some growth that needs to happen? What's, what do you think of that? I think both of those things are there. I think, yes, growth obviously needs to happen, uh, but also there's an excitement of something has changed in my life and I know it. Um, and so being able to tell others at least what has happened to you in, in the, in the here and now, and, um, it is good. Um, is good as long as we understand, you know, to make sure we, we put those points in that you just gave that, you know, uh, we are sinful in front of a holy God and, and I'm not quite sure exactly what's happening, but, uh, I don't want to do those things that I used to do. And so, so yes, yeah, so those things are, are, are valid for the new Christian who is excited. And, and but then, it, then again, he need, he also needs, uh, uh, more, learning as far as who God is and, and who we are. Um, one of the best tools that I could ever give to anyone in evangelism is really good tracks. Uh, those are so beneficial because the message is there. For someone that's scared, you don't have to talk to anybody. He just says, did you get one of these? And you hand them a track and the gospel is there and, and, the, and it, it's presented that we are sinners and they can go home and they can read it. They might not read it then. They might wad it up in their pocket and read it a month from now but it gets into their homes. A lot of times if you're in large crowds or I know some, some other people from Grace Covenant would go out with me and we would go where crowds were and we would just give tracts out and, and uh, some people would take them and some wouldn't, but uh, we, it was a great way to share, especially if you're a new convert, um, but make sure they're good, they're good tracks, they're, they're engaging and that they have the, the true message and allow your pastor to look at it and make sure that that, that hey that's a good good thing to give out or, or or no I think I think let me show you what would be a better way to do that a better uh, message written down um, so um, that would be very good to do and and just to be intentional about it as I said before really uh, uh, looking for opportunities and and not just uh, waiting until you feel like it because if you wait till you feel like it you'll never do it but really be intentional about hey this is a, a good opportunity and I'm gonna I'm gonna put my fear down and I'm going to go out and, and I'm going to tell someone the, the best news they could ever hear for, for the, the thing that all men need is for their sins to be forgiven. And, and this person might be one of them. Mm. Have that attitude. I love that Ralph. Cause you know, I think a lot of us have this idea that you, you have to be called to be an evangelist to do evangelism. Uh, not realizing that it's, it's like the other spiritual disciplines that we have as Christians you, there's growth to be had in it. And part of growing in something is being intentional. You know, you don't just uh, 
uh, one day wake up and say, I, I want a six pack abs. Like you're going to have to go to the gym and you're going to have to spend time and you're going to have to work at it. It doesn't just happen overnight. And so to think that all of a sudden you would be, you know, the world's best evangelist uh, day one uh, would be a bit naive. Now, again, it's God that does that work, but we should be intentional by trying to grow in that discipline. Um, so I think that's a really good word. Now, and also, um, you know, we all along with that same lines about not just pastors, the pastors should encourage the flock to do the work, uh, to do the ministry. In fact, we're called to be in ministry of reconciliation. Uh, uh, I, I encourage someone to go to Second uh, Corinthians 5 and look and see what that, what that tells us about ministry of reconciliation. As a Christian, we are called to do this. And know this too, that each person, whoever you are, whoever's listening now, has a sphere of influence that's only you can, people are looking at you, you have a a certain field, a certain group of people that you are involved in, and they, you have that influence that I don't have, or Andrew doesn't have, and that, that you can speak into people's lives that other people can't, and the same thing goes for me, so realize that God has put you where he has, and so use that placement for his glory. Mm, Good stuff. Okay, so the point of this is podcast is to talk about evangelism, to understand it, but it's also to encourage people with just everyday acts of evangelism. So you touched on that, you know, explaining the spheres of influence that we may have. But one of the things that we really like to do in this podcast is just ask of of an everyday uh, experience that anybody could have where they were able to evangelize. And so again, I know you're a, a, a big shot pastor of a church now. And so you are um, having that chance to share the gospel day in and day out. Um, praise the Lord. Um, but can you give us an example? And it doesn't, maybe you can do both. Uh, can you give us an example of just a, an everyday evangelism experience you had before you became a pastor, um, or at least before you became a pastor of Sojourn Church, and then if you have another one that you'd like to share since you've been a pastor of Sojourn Church. Uh, do you mind sharing an experience with us? Sure. Um, um, I'm trying to think that far back <laughs> before <laughs> Sojourn. Uh, um, I, I probably, I've, to be honest, I feel like I had more opportunities uh, before I was pastoring because I was, I was among people more during the week. Uh, and so now I have to really go out. I, I really have to uh, be intentional and, and make sure that I, that I do uh, find opportunities to share with people. Um, when I think about everyday evangelism, you know, I said, it, I said when you're intentional, I talked about being intentional. And, and intentional is important, the going out with the goal and the means to, you know, put four tracks in your hand and say, I'm going to give these four tracks out. Or I'm going to talk to one person. Or I'm going to talk to 10 people. What, you set your goals and you go out and do that. But I've also noticed that when you are intentional, other times, if you are intentional, God will pre- present opportunities in front of you when you're not even thinking about it. And, and those things are beautiful. And they won't happen if you're not intentional. I've, I've, I've noticed this, these things. And so one time we were um, in Scotland, of all places, and we were on a Reformation tour. And I'd been evangelizing. I'd been evangelizing and giving tracts and talking to people. I try to do that as I go. Um, 
but uh, anyway, as we were sitting there at lunch and we were in these uh, a crowded lunch area and there was tables of two almost right on top of one another. And I was telling my wife, I was like, I, I told her I, I'm really missing preaching. And I was really missing preparing sermons. I, I, we had a week off and here I went, here I am missing it. And uh, we were sitting at a table and I noticed two ladies who were right by us and one lady was weeping. And I, I noticed it right off the bat and I thought, wow, this is uh, probably going to be a, an opportunity, but I'm not sure. So, uh, so I was, you know, um, as I was eating our meal and, and, and praying that maybe Lord would use me to some capacity. And, and uh, after our meal, they were looking at my jacket and it had a, had a horse on it. And so that prompted a natural conversation about, oh, do you have horses? And yes, by the way, I, I was a horse trainer. And, and so that led to this and that. And they said, oh, what are you doing here? And said, I said, we were there on a reformation trip. And I said, I, I was a horse trainer, but, but now I, I serve the Lord. I'm a, not that I wasn't serving the Lord before, but I'm a, I'm a pastor. I, I, I pastor a church. And um, when I said that immediately, they said, oh, well, that brings to mind, can we ask you a question? And I said, sure. And so the lady who had been weeping said um, she'd been having trouble with her daughter and, and uh, there was a, a, a problem where she's really rebelling and angry and uh, become enemies almost with her. And, and so I explained to her what was, what, what, the reason why this was happening. And I said, you know, the same thing that's happening to her and in y'all's relationship might be happening to you yourself. And she's like, well, what, what do you mean? And I said, well, we are rebelling against the Holy God. I said, we have, we have sinned against God and our problem is our relate, our vertical relationship with God and, and how we have rebelled and gone the other way. And so what she's doing to you is what we're doing to him. And I, weave the gospel and to show her that we have how we have disobeyed his holiness and how he, we have gone all have gone astray all 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 like sheep have gone astray and and i said do, do you know what god has done to 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 reconcile and she, she said no and I, I shared christ with her about what how christ had come and and become a man and how he had how he had lived a sinless life and how he had died on the cross how he had been crucified brutally taking our sins upon him and how he had how all of, how her sins have been cast upon christ and how my sins have been cast upon christ and how someone had to pay but and, and christ made that payment for you and as she continued to weep um i said you know if we turn to christ if we repent of our sins and turn to him that he is faithful and just to forgive us and that you can be one of his children and that that you're life can be changed and that same message is for your daughter and i and i gave her a track and i gave an extra track for the daughter because you always should have something always have a track you can give it to them after before during there's never a bad time but always have that because it didn't then it's a reminder it's like hey that that weird guy in the restaurant gave me this thing and she'll she might always hold on to that i don't know um and so that was a real everyday occurrence where I wasn't expecting it. In fact, I was a little bit feeling sorry for myself at the time. And then here God says, all right, here, go ahead, preach. Here's your spot. And that was like two minutes before I was, um, before I was well, complaining a little bit <laughs> that I wasn't preaching that week. Uh, so that was a, a great story. Um, and I could give you a lot of those, um, but because um, God puts people in our lives, if we would just, open our spiritual eyes to the opportunities and step out in faith and let your fear go and 
and and and just go home and talk to them. People really are 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 um, pe- people enjoy. Most people enjoy uh, fellowship and um, reaching out to them, being friendly with a smile on your face and saying hi. How are you doing? Uh, good to see you. Are you from here? And just asking them questions. People like to like to talk about themselves, really. But and it can open the door for us to share Christ with them and and and. Uh, that's what I would like to tell you. Man, Ralph, that is awesome. And I love how you, um, in that experience that you had, right, you, you were praying or you were, you were, you're kind of getting down on yourself that you're, you're missing preaching that the Lord provides you an opportunity to preach the gospel to someone you've never met before. And you were able to just weave it into an everyday conversation that you would have with somebody that you might see off the street. Like all of us go and, you know, we got to get our teeth cleaned every once in a while. We got to get a checkup every once in a while. And we got to go pay our bills and go get our car smogged. And, you know, all these things that we do that really, if we, like you're saying, if we're being intentional, all of these are opportunities to share the gospel with someone. So it's not like we have to have some sort of big event at our local church where uh, we're going to go share the gospel. And that's the only time you're allowed to share the gospel. Or, or, or if you're um, an avid uh, door-to-door evangelist, um, the, you don't have to do that. Like that, there's no like this isn't the path that you have to walk for evangelism. God literally just keeps putting people in front of you, and all of them are opportunities to share the gospel. Right, right, and like you said, going to different places where you do business or where you're shopping, perfect opportunities. You know, you're at the car place and you know is, is my engine good speaking of that do you consider yourself to be a good person you know just, just go in there and you know you're, <laughs> you're at the dentist or are my teeth in good shape speaking of that doctor do you, do you consider yourself to be a good person but wait but wait ralph if we're at the dentist it's going to be like I tell you are you a good person because your mouth is going to be wide open while they're working on your teeth so that's maybe why, that's why you need a track <laughs> Oh, Ralph. Hey, man, I just got to say, anytime I get the opportunity to talk to you, um, I'm always encouraged. Uh, You are a dear brother in Christ to me. And uh, I love you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time today out of your busy schedule to just encourage people and give us a heads up on what evangelism is. Um, So thank you so much, brother. And uh, again, I really appreciated the time. And if you have any questions about the podcast, feel free to email us at info at graceweatherford.com. We're going to link in the show notes uh, a sermon series that our brother Ralph taught while he was here at Grace Covenant Church on evangelism. We've been doing that uh, along with a couple of the uh, quotes that we have um, talked about today during our podcast. So thanks again, Ralph. Um, You got any last words of encouragement for the people before we sign off? Yes, this is an urgent, urgent matter. This is this we should have a sense of urgency about this because we know that he is coming back. And so do not think that someone else will do it or maybe another day. Be have a sense of urgency, expecting that he will come and that he will say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. And what a way to end. Thank you so much, brother. We'll talk to you soon and join us next time for Everyday Evangelism, a podcast of Grace Covenant Church. Thank you.